Praise God. Beautiful presence of the Lord here tonight. I'm glad that I'm able to be in church tonight. Now, where my mom comes from, the music is a little bit more like um, fiddle and banjo and guitar. And sometimes uh, my mom and I will sit at night before she goes to bed and uh, I'll play her some old-fashioned gospel songs. And so tonight, I'm going to give you a little treat to what me and mom listen to every night. So uh, if we get the words up there, We'll see if, there, uh, if this comes out. I don't know if it will or not, but I got people working on it for me. Thank you very much. Here we go. This is called Little Mountain Church. Like that? It was there in that little mountain 
kind of thing that mom and I sit and listen to right before she goes to bed at night. And I just thought you might enjoy that. Praise God. Now, if you've got your Bible, we're going to the book of John, chapter 11, and verse 1. And now up here, it sounds like I'm in a tunnel. John, chapter 11, and verse 1. Praise God. So good to see everybody here tonight. Bless you. In Jesus' name. Now, a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And then could we skip down to verse 21 and read that? Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And tonight I want to preach to you on this subject, change the tag. Lord Jesus, I give you praise and glory and honor. Ask you, Lord God, that your presence would just fill this place, flood this place, and help us to be able to feel your presence, Lord. Lord, those who may feel a need in their life, and those, oh Lord God, who are needing a healing or a, a spiritual touch, Lord God, everybody needs to feel your presence. And I pray, oh God, make us sensitive to the Lord. Make these people sensitive to your presence, oh God. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm not going to preach very long or teach very long, but uh, stay with me just for a moment. Martha was absolutely correct when she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother had not died. See, death has no power over the one that the Bible calls the resurrection and the life. There are some things that cannot happen when Jesus is there. Hopelessness has to flee when Jesus is by your side. Hopelessness may come for a little bit, but it can't stay if you've got Jesus. Despair has to leave when Jesus is by your side. You might be sorrowful for a little bit, but joy comes in the morning. You cannot be defeated long term when Jesus is on your side. I'm thankful today that I've been reading the Word of God, and I read this particular verse in Psalm 56 and verse 9. You want to look up here? When I cry unto thee, then shall my enemies turn back. 
This I know, for God is for me. If God is for me, then I know it's going to be all right. And the word of God says that God is for me. How many love that verse in Romans chapter 8? Everybody? Come on, you made the effort to come tonight. Zero in. How many loves that verse in, in Romans chapter 8 that says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. How many appreciate the fact that the word of God promises that all things work together for your good? doesn't matter what the devil tries to do. It's still going to work for your good because the word of God says so. You know, sometimes we're like the apostle Paul when he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 8, he said, we are troubled on every side. Anybody ever been troubled on every side? Yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. I don't know what they call that little toy that you punch it in the nose and it comes right back up again. Boom. Huh? That, what you said. It just, you hit it and it keeps coming back up. Well, persecuted, but not forsaken. There's times when you're going to feel cast down, but not destroyed. And I like the Phillips version of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9, that says, knocked down, but not knocked out. <laughs> there is a difference. Praise God. So sometimes you're going to take it on the chin. Sometimes you're going to get knocked down. But you'll never get knocked out if you've got Jesus. He's going to keep that from happening. Sickness among God's people will never result in death as the final outcome. What are you saying? Nobody's ever going to die? You better start listening. I said sickness among God's people will never result in death as the final outcome outcome. Death will ultimately be destroyed by the resurrection. Those saved by the blood of Jesus shall never die. When a person goes from this life to glory, how can you call that death? When you walk into the presence of the Lord, how can you call that defeat? When a person hears the Lord say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter thou in the joy of life, how can you call that a bad outcome? Well, I'm going to preach to a couple people tonight anyhow. The Holy Ghost filled believer will pass from this life if the Lord doesn't come for him in the clouds first. Now, if I get my druthers, I'd rather he came for me in the rapture. How about you? You remember me telling the story about the man that was sitting next to Brother David right here in the front. And the preacher was saying, how many wants to go see the Lord? Remember that? 
Some people lifted their hands. He said, I said, how many people want to go see the Lord? And more people. And the preacher was getting a little bit perturbed. You know, that happens sometimes. And everybody lifted their hand except the guy sitting next to Dave right here on the front. And he had his hands in his lap. So the preacher leaned over the pulpit and said, Brother, don't you want to go see the Lord? He says, Yes, sir, but I thought you were getting up a load for tonight. And so Jesus is going to come either for us individually or he'll come for us in the way of the rapture. But I will tell you this, yet shall he live and shall never die. Christians are going to experience the valley, notice, of the shadow of death. And then it will only be a walk in the park. Because death can't touch a Christian. Death can't touch a saved person. Hallelujah. God's word promises that we who live for him will one day be given a new body. Immortal. Incorruptible. In a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Lazarus was sick. I heard about a guy that had on his tombstone an epitaph. And it said, I told you I was sick. <laughs> oh, quit your squalling and crying. Get out there and get to work. On his tombstone it said, I told you. I was sick. Lazarus was sick. And the Bible is careful to note that Lazarus' sister was Mary, which had one time anointed the Lord with the ointment, wiped his feet with her hair. And the Bible makes note of that because God always takes notice of every sacrifice you ever make for him. Not one thing you've ever done for the Lord has gone unnoticed. Now, I want to go to heaven, don't you? And I don't want to be homeless in heaven. My salvation is based on the blood of Jesus. My reward, the Bible says, is based upon what I've done. He says, my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Ha-ha, if you'd have known that, you'd already been doing more, wouldn't you? Want to live in a little cottage in heaven or do you want a mansion? You're saved by the blood of Jesus, but your reward in heaven comes on as a result of what you do for the Lord. 
Well, it's getting mighty quiet in here. You might think that Jesus has long forgotten your sacrifice. But don't worry. God doesn't forget like a man would forget. Many of us here in this building tonight have done things for the Lord, and some of you did it quietly. You never told anybody. You just did it because you love the Lord. Not one thing that you've done for the Lord will go unrewarded. Do you hear me? Everything you've ever done for the Lord, there will be a reward for it. Don't feel sorry for the people who are working for God because in my Father's house are many mansions. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful place. He remembers the little things that you do as well as the big. The little things you tried to do for him, even maybe even as small as giving a a cup of water. There's a reward for that. Isn't that amazing? Makes me want to work for the Lord. He is a good God. I love to work for him. Even if there were no reward, I get good vibrations just doing something for the Lord because he's such a wonderful God. But you don't ever have to wonder about this. You will never outgive the Lord. You're giving effort and time and sacrifice and you're helping people and sacrificially giving of your time and your finance and your talents. I want you to know there will come a time where there's a rewards banquet in heaven and your name is going to be called and you're going to be asked to rise and stand and what you did for God is going to be rewarded. Do you hear me? Praise God. I thank the Lord for that. God not only sees what we've done, he sees what we're going to do. He sees our potential. Some of you don't realize how great potential you have, how much potential you had, have for the Lord Jesus. You're selling yourself a little short. God not only sees what you're doing, he sees what you're capable of doing. He sees your potential. I mean that in a good way. He created you. He knows you better than anybody could know you because he knows what he put into you when he created you. From the vantage point of the cross, Jesus saw you. Think about that. When he hung up on the cross, he could look down through time and he could see you who would be in this service tonight. And every person of Adam's race, he could see because remember, he was God manifest in flesh. And so from the cross, he could see you and I. And this is why Hebrews 12 and 2 says, Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has set down at the right hand of the throne of God. What was that joy set before him? That's you and I. That's the people who he was saving. He endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. Mary and Martha sent a message to Jesus, urging him to come quickly because they said, Lazarus, our brother, is sick. And here's the message that came by courier. It said, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, though, what did he do? This sickness, he said, is not in a death 
but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. What? He said, I know how you folks look at sickness, he said, but this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Now, Mary and Martha had tagged the situation terminal. They had tagged that situation terrible. They said, there's nothing good in this at all. But Jesus changed the tag and said, no, this situation is for the glory of God. What Mary and Martha was saying was an absolute terrible, terrible straight. Jesus said, you don't get it. I'm changing this tag. This is for the glory of God. Hallelujah. He was saying somehow, and I don't understand the ways of God, but he was saying God is going to be glorified by this. Jesus, I know the Bible says this, that Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. It was not because God didn't care. Hey, listen, when you're going through a difficult time, it's not because God doesn't care. Now, I'm not going to be the smarter like that stands up there and tries to tell you all the reasons why you go through bad things because that would just be stupidity on my part. I have no idea any more than you do. But I do know I have faith in God. I know that he loves us. And it's not because he doesn't care that you're going through the valley. It's not because he doesn't care that the world is grappling with the pandemic. It's not because he doesn't care that there's unrest on the streets of America. All I know is that all things are going to work together for good. I only know that God has promised he would do that. That God knows how to do things and do them well. And he also knows the timing. So Mary and Martha, back at the home, and Jesus out somewhere with his disciples, and things went from bad to worse. And finally, Lazarus died. His sisters were distraught. After waiting two days since receiving the message that Lazarus was deathly sick, did you get that? Jesus waited two days after he got that message, and he says to his, his disciples, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Now, wait a minute. The world tagged Lazarus as dead. Jesus tagged him as asleep. Jesus keeps changing the tag. The world says, he's dead. How do you know he's dead? He's not breathing. Jesus said, he's not dead, he's only sleeping. When Jesus arrived at Mary and Martha's, Lazarus had been laying in the grave for four days. Prayers had been offered, and it seemed like they had gone unanswered. But the answer was on its way. Or should I say, the answer was on his way. Because Jesus is the answer. For the world today. Right? So the answer was on his way. But the funeral was over. There was no hope. Reality said it's, it's over. The world said curtains. Everyone tagged the situation as over and finished. And then Jesus comes sauntering up. Comes walking up to the scene. And when he came on the scene... 
The rules changed. Everybody had accepted it and said, Lord, help us to accept the things we cannot change. And then Jesus comes walking up. And Martha says to Jesus, Lord, now just kind of picture her putting her hands on her hips and picture her saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And then she says, but I know that even now, whatsoever you will ask of God, will, God will give it thee. You know what? She was saying that. She didn't believe that no more than a man in the moon. She said, I know, even now, whatsoever you ask of God, God will give it thee. And then Jesus looks at her and he says, thy brother shall rise again. She said, I know, I know, he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And then Jesus asked, where have you laid him? Now, wait a minute. Hold on just a minute. It's Wednesday night. I won't be very long, but I'm going to ask you something. Where have you taken your most distressing problem? Where have you taken your most distressing need? Where have you laid that situation? Are you going home and, and worrying yourself sick? Or are you walking the floors? Jesus said, tell me something. Where have you laid him? Where have you put that problem? They said, Lord, come and see. And that's when the Bible said Jesus wept. Understand. And sometimes we forget this, that every time you hurt, the Lord hurts. Every time you grieve, he grieves. Matter of fact, from the Greek text, it indicates that he burst into tears and, that, and, and then wept silently. The Bible said he is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He is not a stone-cold, compassionless God. He has compassion upon you. He cares for you. When you're hurting, he's hurting. When, when, when you don't feel so good, he doesn't feel so good. That's how much he loves you. I believe that God has a deep emotional and sympathetic love for you. So he said, where did you lay him? And they told him and he wept. And then the next words he said were, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead said, Lord, uh-uh, that won't be pretty. He's been dead four days, and now he stinks. It's a horrendous thing what you're asking us to do. It's a hot climate. There's no embalming in those days. But the stink couldn't keep Jesus away. You may be in a horrible situation right now. 
Some of you may be wondering, what in the world am I going to do? Some of you are concerned about a loved one, or you're concerned about a child, or, or you're concerned about a precious friend, and, and you've just been walking the floors, pacing the floors, and insomnia has taken a, a hold of your life, and you're wondering, what in the world am I going to do? But Jesus said, take the stone away. He said, did I not tell you that if you would believe, you should see the glory of God? See, everything is based around believing. Everything's based around trusting. Everything's based around believing God that he is and that he can and that there's nothing that's impossible to him. Come on. The devil wants you to fear. The devil wants you to be afraid. The devil wants you to walk around sad and sorrowful. But Jesus wants you to know he loves you and we have to believe that. They took the stone away. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people we stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus, he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead, are you listening? Came forth, bound, hand and foot. I'm talking about a man that was stone cold dead for four days. And Jesus stood at the entrance of the tomb. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead. Now, folks, this is amazing because Lazarus was draped in a funeral shroud. He was completely immobilized. Even if he were alive 100%, he couldn't move. He was in a straitjacket. He was wound tighter than a kite from the head to the toe. But when Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, he that was dead suddenly appeared standing at the head of the tomb. How in the world did he do that? He couldn't do it alone. He had to do it by the power of Almighty God. Now, I got a feeling there were some casual church attenders that were exiting stage left or right about that time. When the veins on his forehead begin to show and he said, Lazarus, come forth. They're going, <coughs> hey, hey, John, did you? Whoa, because here's Lazarus standing at the head of the tomb. And Jesus turns to his disciples and he said, loose him and let him go. Come on, you got a problem and God's calling to your problem, but you've got to loose it. You got to turn it over. To, let go and let God have his wonderful way. As long as you're going to hold on to it, it's not going to happen. you got to let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Some of you are worried sick about stuff. You have no business getting involved in anyway. You just need to back up a little bit, Jack, and say, okay, let go and let God have his wonderful way. You know God can do more in five minutes than what you can do in 5,000 years. God can take the heart of a cold person and turn it into a warm and loving heart. God can take somebody that's bound by addictions and set them free at the snap of a finger. My God can do anything. 
I saw God cure the town drunk who was incorrigible. He could not stop drinking. But that night when he came to a Pentecostal altar and we laid hands on him in the name of Jesus, God saved him and took away his alcohol addiction. He never had another hankering. He never had another craving. He never had another urge. I'm talking about a God that's real. A God that can do all kinds of things. That can set somebody free from cocaine. And set somebody free from heroin. And set somebody free from every addiction. Hey, I'm talking about a God who can do it all. And he looked at these people. And here was their problem that they had hidden in a cave. He has them roll the stone away. He calls it forth. And the man is standing there bound in grave clothes and he said now will you loose him and let him go I don't know who it was that grabbed the bandages and started unwrapping but when they unwrapped that head it was not a zombie they unwrapped that body it was not the body of a zombie it was healthy and vibrant and Lazarus is blinking and he's breathing and he's saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, my God, right now. You know what somebody needs to start doing right now, right while I'm preaching? Somebody needs to start saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. You need to start saying it with me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, there's nothing you cannot do. Thank you, Jesus. I give you the... Come on. You can either let the devil worry you until you hit the grave, or you can say, all right, I'm going to turn this over to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hey! Is there anybody that can hear what I'm saying? You can either hold on to your problem until you have a nervous breakdown or you can let it go and begin to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And while you're saying thank you, Jesus, uh, the situation is being resolved. All right, I'm just going to follow the leading of the Lord here. There's some folks right here tonight that Satan is trying to turn you into a nervous wreck. You're literally worried yourself sick over something. Now you got two choices. You can visit your local hospital and there's a place for you there where they will help you and I don't mean that unkindly. They will. Or you could say, wait a minute. I'm turning this over to the Lord. This burden is too heavy for me. I can't carry this burden anymore. So I'm going to start saying, thank you, Jesus. Well, 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 well wait a minute. What if you don't, you don't know all the ins and outs and you don't know exactly how this is all going to work out? That's the, the wonderful thing about it. Jesus is going to do this after you loose it. So I'm just going to ask Anybody that feels like it, I won't identify you, although I could. I, I want you just to stand to your feet right now and begin to wave your hand and, and don't say anything but two words. Thank you, 
Jesus. Just say it over and over again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You go ahead and stay sitting there and you take that problem back home with you and you go ahead and worry about it until you're in the psych unit or you can stand up right now and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I give you praise. Good choice. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let me just preach just a, one or two minutes more, and then we're going to have a real awesome move of Holy Ghost. So the world said, dead. Jesus said, uh-uh asleep. The world said, no hope. Jesus said, only believe. The world said, it's over. Jesus said, come forth. Let me take you back to a story. Some of you might remember this. I told this story once, but it goes along with this message. I'm going to take you back to the Korean War and share with you one specific incident that I read about from that conflict. It was at the end of every battle. The American military would send the first wave of medics to attend to the individuals that lay on the battlefield. It was a gruesome task. It was not a job for somebody who was of a weak constitution. These medics would approach every fallen American soldier and tag them based on their evaluation. They were to determine how severely the soldier was injured. They determined whether or not an effort should be made to transport that soldier to a medical care facility. And when I read this story, they said there were basically three types of tags. The first tag would indicate that the injury was not life-threatening and compared to the others was a slight injury. This person could wait. They didn't have to be medevaced off the battlefield immediately. There was another tag that would indicate the soldier must have immediate medical attention. His life hung in the balance and they had to get him off the battlefield any way they could. And thirdly and tragically, if they came upon a young man whose life had already left him, or if they found someone who was so severely wounded that they would not be able to endure the 30 minutes to an hour it would take to get them to the hospital, they would put a tag that would say, leave, don't bother, dead. As these medics went through the line, they were, following they were followed approximately 10, 15 minutes later by another wave of medical personnel. Nurses and doctors would come along and look at the tags and confirm and arrange transportation. They would either comfort the soldier saying, we'll be back to take care of you later, or they would cover them in the stillness of death, or they would take them immediately, depending on the tag. After one such battle, a medic came up to a Marine who had fallen on a hillside. His leg was severely injured. 
the femoral artery, the, the largest artery in the femoral region of your body, was severely damaged. If this artery is punctured, more than likely, I, I'm told that you'll bleed to death in just a few moments. The young Marine's leg was in very, very bad condition, 30 to 45 minutes away from real medical help. And the medic looked at him and he wrote on the tag, too late, leave him, no hope, don't bother. He tagged him appropriately, putting the sign on him that he was beyond help. The injury was too severe. A few moments later, nurses came onto the battlefield. They were examining the tags, transporting bodies, comforting those who would have to wait a few moments. As a young nurse came to the particular fallen Marine and looked at his tag, she realized it said, no hope, nothing to be done, and was startled when he began to moan and groan. And he soon gained consciousness and he pleaded with her, help me. She said, sir, your injuries are too severe. There's nothing I can do for you. But he began to beg for his life and he began to plead for her to intercede. He said, I want to live. I got a family at home. I don't want to die on the hillsides of Korea. Give me a chance. Get me out of here. Get me to a hospital. I'll pull through. I'll prove it. Nurses did not normally change the original designation of the first medic who went through the lines, but this Marine was desperately pleading, give me a chance, give me an opportunity, get me some help, I promise I'll live. And his pleading convinced her to take action. Putting her own future and reputation on the line, she changed the man's tag from fatal to get help Immediately, when others found this fallen Marine, they transported him back to the mass unit as the tag instructed. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, the story I'm telling you, he did not even lose his leg. He was able to walk out of that hospital on crutches because somebody was willing to take a chance. Somebody was willing to say, I'll do what I can. I won't give up on you. His life was spared as a result of one person's willingness to change the tag. The practice of tagging continues today. Others now tag people. They'll say, oh, there's no hope for that guy. No need to witness to him. No hope for that girl. She's beyond hope. That's just the way they are. There's no hope. Or he's too badly addicted. It's an addiction without a cure. People tag churches. People say, well, that's just the kind of church they are. They've been that size for 20 years and they'll, they'll be that size for another 20 years. People tag others and say, well, that is just their personality. Her mother was the same way. She'll never make anything out of herself. People tag cities and say, great revival is never going to come there. So they tag them and they move on. 
But just as that nurse found a dying Marine on a battlefield and changed his tag from no hope, don't bother, to get him help immediately and give him a chance, I'm here to tell you tonight, I don't know what you come from. I don't know how bad the situation you've been through. I don't know what the situation that you come from or that you're in. All I know is that God is a tag changer. All I know is that God can change the tag if you're willing He's willing. If you're willing, he's willing. He'll change the tag if you'll let him do it. God is a tag changer. God's looking at somebody here tonight and he's saying, wait a minute. There's hope here. There's still a pulse. There's still life. Hey, look at me. I have never seen a life that God couldn't change. Charlie Mahaney's gone to be with, to his reward now. But if you remember Charlie Mahaney, he talked about how many days he was drunk, how many days he was out of it, laying on the floor of a cell and Guard would poke him with his foot. Wake up, Mahaney. If you just went by the way it looked, you would say, I'm not going to waste any time on Charlie Mahaney. That guy is hopeless. But you would have made a big mistake because Charlie Mahaney not only got saved, but became a preacher. And not only became a preacher, became a worldwide evangelist. And not only became a worldwide evangelist, but became somebody that just about everybody respected. Because somebody would go and say, Charlie, I'm not giving up on you. Charlie, I know you can do it. Charlie, I know God is able. Hey, Charlie, you're not going to stay this way. God is a tag changer. Now I'm going to see if I can sing a little song before we go. Praise God. turn it down a little bit here now a loser without direction I drifted aimlessly on the backside of a place called nowhere forgotten by humanity when they talked about they did not refer to me Cause everyone could clearly see What I was, I'd always be But he saw not what I was He saw what I Took a chance. 
a possibility Still he saw not what I was He saw what I could be He saw not what I was He saw what I could be Would you stand with me? somebody right now and all we have is a few more moments before we go home and so instead of looking at other people and making your judgments I want you to know that God is able to change anybody come on let God change the tag keep your eyes closed I know the devil has put a tag on you but I don't believe that tag somebody right now are you willing to turn it over to Jesus if you're willing I want you to find a spot say, God, you're able. I'm believing you to change the tag. The devil wants to say you'll never make it, but God says you will. 
How many is here tonight? You don't know if you've even felt God's presence. You don't even know if you've felt God. But I want you to know that God loves you. And he forgives you right now. Come on, the devil would like to destroy you. But God came to save you. I wonder, is there anyone that dares to get out of their seat, find a place, there's plenty of room, you don't have to congregate in one place. And say, Lord, you're able to do anything. And if you can do anything, I give you this situation. Take your heaviest load give it to Jesus. Anybody want to bring something and lay it on the altar? It's been a heavy load on you. I'm going to sing a little bit more. So now you know the reason I lift my hands so willingly If he hadn't found me when he did I'd still be as lost as lost could be And although I'm far from perfect I'm even farther still you see From the life I lived just yesterday What's God saying tonight? Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how gray you are. Doesn't matter how long it's been that way. God will change the tag if you'll let him. He'll change the tag if you'll let him. God bless you. Have a great night. It's a beautiful night. I hope you got something out of this study tonight. Thank you. I have this confidence because I've seen the faithfulness
comfort. 